Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled, What We Learn From Comics. It originally aired August 26, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silverline Wednesday Night Wham! Featuring your host, Scott Wakefield! Wakefield, Wakefield, Wakefield. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is Wednesday Wham! From Silverline, we have our cast of characters, our panel of experts. I'll be your hosts trying to wrangle them, keep them on track, or uh, actively derail them. You'll have to wait and find out. Tonight, we are talking about what we have learned from comic books. And uh, I'm getting, getting a thumbs, up, thumbs down from Tommy. You haven't learned anything. He's, he's, already, he's already saying nothing. <laughs> nothing. So I'm going to talk slowly. Tommy will have to come up with, he'll have to make I, up something that he's learned. I've got some and, stuff. Good. <laughs> and we, we're going to talk about things we've learned, big and small, I guess, little, little nuggets of truth and the, the bigger topics. And we're going to talk about the um, the overarching themes and, and lessons that have been imparted to us from the wisdom of comic books, the often overlooked wisdom in its its most digestible nuggets from comic books. So that is our topic tonight. We will be uh, we'll be introducing ourselves here in a moment. I'm going to introduce Silverline. Silverline, uh, Tim, you ready to introduce yourself? Just we're all going to stay home. Uh... I forgot last week. Uh, give a give a geographical location because it's kind of I think it's kind of cool we're all spread out and um, I know uh, weather is affecting some of our our southern folks so uh, Tim TK go ahead tell us who you are sure what you're doing and all that I am Tim TK I am the associate editor here at Silverline uh, so I handle a lot of the website scheduling as well as uh, some of the script reviewing and hiring and all that fun stuff. Uh, I also run our craft blog series on our website, which is super dope. Be looking for some entries from the people you see here tonight in the coming months. And uh, I... Fuck uh, what else to do? I produce the Wednesday Night Show. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that right now. My God. It's Wednesday already? Oh my God. I, I thought this was a Sunday show. I got a lot off. I'm, no, no, we need you. Stick around. <laughs> I'm also over in uh, Oregon, so we're, we're we're fine. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, let's see. Next on my screen, I got Tommy. You good to go? Tell yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Flormonti Jr. I've been a comic book creator since the early '90s. I've worked for pretty much everybody: um, Marvel, DC, uh, uh, Malibu, Ultraverse stuff. Just uh, small publishers big publishers i've done a a bunch of the stuff for uh silver line back in the day um before this uh, uh current version of silver line uh, including some cat and mouse stuff the demon tales books um just odd and stuff but right now i'm inking a book for silver line called trumps based off of the the card playing game you know where you where you match up the cards and the one card's higher than the other card blah blah, blah. the trumps the game the trump um, but uh, uh, I'll be doing some inking in the uh, uh, where you guys will see some of that. I'm also the co-owner of the printing company uh, 
Kablam Digital Printing, which prints pretty much all of the Silverline books. Um, so I don't know if that was a reason why I got hired back on to do do uh, <laughs> Silverline stuff. No, no, no. It's because I know Roland since he was little. So maybe that's probably why. No, that's not it either. I don't know why it is. So, but anyway, um, I also do my own uh, Kid Hero line of books under the uh, uh, Inferno Studios uh, line of stuff. So, um, that's uh, that's that's it. I think. Oh, and I'm from um, uh, I, I, right now. I'm from Mississippi, but I live in. Uh, Orlando, Florida. So we're not going to have any effects from the hurricanes. All right. Since it's turning right. into a cat five, apparently. So let's, let's. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Tommy. And Brent, you're next. I'm Brent Larson. Um, you know, last week, you guys always hassle me because say, so I'm going to just, I have a lot, okay, to say today. So we'll get comfortable. I'm Brent Larson. I am the creator and writer of Kalis. I am a frequent comic book purchaser. I am an irritator of my wife frequently. I am a destroyer of my own lawn. I am the master of my two dogs. And I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> well, well done, okay. All right, that's... Uh... That's hard to follow. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to bow out, he is. I think he's uh, he's grabbed control of this. Uh, I'm done. This I'll see you guys next Wednesday, and, <laughs> and uh, y'all have a good evening. Curtain. I'm just gonna look at my phone for a little while. So. <laughs> All right, thank you, Brent. Uh, let's and see. I'm next... from Orlando. I'm in Orlando. Oh, thank you. I can, you know, I'm the one that also asked not worrying about the hurricane too. And I keep I keep forgetting. Uh, let's see. Uh, C. Michael Lanning, are you ready? You ready to chit chat? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm C. Michael Lanning coming at you pre-ghost form. I am uh, currently in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, awaiting the storm to see what happens. It's uh, raining outside my window right now as we speak. So not, hopefully we're not going to get too much of it here, but you never know. You never uh, know. I hope not. I'm working, uh, yeah, so do I. Uh, currently I'm working on a project called The Rejects with... Uh, Head honcho Roland Mann, and you'll be seeing me do some of the arty one, Matt, and that's what I have. All right. Thank you, sir. And then John Medich, the third Esquire. Uh, yeah, the Esquire is in uh, homage in honor of the new Bill and Ted movie coming out uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. Bill and yes. Ted face the music. So, Bill S. Preston Esquire in Ted Theodore Logan. Can't wait to see them again. Uh, my name, John Medic III. I am an editor at Silverline. I'm also a writer. My premier title is Sniper and Rook. Uh, now available at the wonderful Indie Planet, which is the sister um, company of Kablam, which mm, Tommy is yep. co-owner of. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of Silverline books up at IndiePlanet.com uh, that you might want to check out. I'm not even going to try to go up against what Brent did tonight. So mm. I write stuff when I'm not taking care of my kid our two dogs when I'm not shopping currently for the new G.I. Joe figures that are out uh, and living <laughs> miserably in the state of Illinois. Have sympathy and mercy on me, please. So. And your your internet connection is very good today. Mwah. Yes! Awesome! Cool. Yeah. I'm still, uh, still hotspotting off of my phone, so fingers crossed. Yeah, cool. 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 
and, and, and I'm Scott Wakefield, also with internet tonight, which is incredible. Oh, yeah, that's the your same. computer's working. Yeah, yeah, for, for now, it's, it's worked all week. So, uh, and, and, and John, I'm not sure what's worse, Illinois or New York, which is where I am. Near, near uh, uh, kind of part and parcel, half of one, six dozen of the, six of one, whatever, you know 12, what I mean. 12, 12 dozen of one, six of the other. Uh, next thing you're going to tell me it's Wednesday already or something crazy like that. <laughs> but but neither of them have a, a category four hurricane fixing the blow through your way. So no, but we pretty much have a political system that does mm-hmm. just as much. That's why Chicago is called the Windy City. You know, it's not because of air. It's, it's always 140 mile hot. winds blowing through. No, it's it's yeah. the hot wind that politicians blow. Oh, that's and Ooh. literally that's true. I was uh, didn't there, are, we're supposed to stay up. away from politics on this podcast. We're not mm-hmm. I'm talking politics. old politics. I'm not oh, talking current okay. politics. Well, that's a pretty general <laughs> statement. I'm yeah. Inside, yeah. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. oh. I'll take over. So here I am. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk more about politics. Western New York. My name is Scott Wakefield. <laughs> I am handling publicity, helping with publicity for Silverline. Uh, if you're watching the show and you've got a podcast or anything like that, and you want one of our characters, and I mean like a real, a real person, not a – I guess we could figure out getting a character on your show. That would be clever. Hmm. John, would you mind dressing up as Sniper or Rook? I'd be uh, happy to. Which one? Sniper, please. Um, <laughs> I'd probably go sniper because that would be easier to find clothing for. Um, although, to tell you the truth, uh, funny story on this one, Rook, a female um, that has the staff with the blade on the end, yes. actually, oh, God, I was still in college at the time. I was working in a comic store. One of the guys made a custom one for me. So he went out, he bought the staff, and he you know, uh, welded on like this awesome blade. I take it home. Guess who gets pulled over that night? This guy. <laughs> and the officer's looking in my back seat. I've got like this big blade, you know, and just I'm like, it's based upon a comic book officer. So yeah, you know, so uh I'll be happy to cosplay a sniper for you. Not a there we go. If you want to cosplay <laughs> cosplay from Silverline, John's got you covered. But we would be happily uh uh spread the word about Silverline uh on one of your shows as well. So that's my my publicity plug. Uh, I am also co-creator and co-writer of an upcoming title entitled Steam Patriots. And uh, that Oh, is- you're going to show some tonight out here. Right? I, I, I was hoping you'd give me a hard time, Tommy. I was hoping. Uh, and I, I sent some stuff, so I don't know. Tim, is there anything you can show? It is, it is up. Oh, 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 I'm switching over there. So I, I don't know. How- wait, wait, wait. I got to switch my view to... <laughs> how do I see me it? Too. Me too. Ah! Oh, no. It's it's just on the yeah it's just on the podcast. I can't put it up on the actual call. It's just on the uh, display. Oh, yep. I see a page showing up. So describe oh. <laughs> it. Uh, he's got a zoom. Oh, there's an explosion in the middle. Okay. There's oh, that's pretty. Right. That's nice. So this is art uh, by by uh, David Mims, and he is he's on Instagram. Uh, his handle is at Mims M I M S Mims Mac art m-i-m-s-m-a-c-k art and uh he also worked on a title uh um i think it's an ongoing series called scrimshaw and uh that's a title that i think alterna publishes so um that's his his uh pencils and inks and then my good buddy dan hosick 
uh, is going to be uh, coloring and lettering. Uh, and I co-created with uh, my other buddy, Rory, who is occasionally on the show. He sends his regrets to all of our loyal viewers out there. He is having uh, apartment issues right now. And, oh. um, well, I hope he's okay. He needed to take care of that. Uh, so I don't know what you're seeing. We've got, a, I think, a page with explosions. It takes place during the Revolutionary War. Um, they're being attacked right at the beginning of, well, uh, August of 1776. So if you're a history buff, that's uh, the British are landing on Long Island, and that's what's happening. Um, I think cool. I've got a picture uh, in there where he meets George Washington briefly. And... Um, I, I, can, I, I can only put two up because he sent one in a tiff, which I can't use. Has to be in oh, it. Okay. Yeah. I'm only seeing. seeing yeah, I don't have a tiff about that. Jeez. <laughs> so that's so tag funny. That's my upcoming story. We will hopefully have colors soon, and, uh, and that will be coming um, hopefully soon from Silverline, uh, and that will be told in a uh, four-part series: Steampunk American Revolution. So there Your we go. That looks excellent. It, it does. looks good. Can't cool, wait to thank- see more. I can't see it. It was only up on the YouTube and Twitch feeds and the Facebook feed for it. But yeah, you can't put anything up in the call because I can't do anything. Start editing to uh, Zoom's <laughs> coding. Okay. Yeah. So it'll it'll be there if you go back. Uh, yeah, you you're gonna when this is all done when you go to when you're taking your nap when you're fixing to go to sleep yeah. uh right you can go back and watch that yeah. see it so yeah. so that's that's me um thank you gentlemen and uh we will we'll get we'll get rolling uh with our topic and our topic is what have we learned from reading comics or what have comics taught us and um those lessons don't have to be uh the broad world changing you know lessons that 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 span time and space they can be simple lessons um and little lessons and specifically they can be from a specific page or panel and it doesn't have to necessarily be a lesson it can be i wanted to talk a little too about the let uh what we can learn from storytelling as well if we get into that you know what how comics are told as a story and how we improve uh, as as artists from comic books, uh, so we can talk about that as well. So, anybody want to kick us off? Tom, John's ready to go. Got a great one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got one one real one. Uh, another one that uh, makes me sound smart, but I but I I'm not. And then I got a bunch of silly ones. So I'll go with the real one. The the the, okay. the one real one that the thing that. Uh, that I got from I learned from comics is actually how to create comics from reading comics. Now I know that sounds kind of stupid, but uh, yeah, it's um, because I don't. uh, If you know anything about my background and stuff, I don't really have an art background or anything like that. I just kind of pick things up and I'm able to be creative and kind of thing. So I learned to do comics by reading comics. So um that is something that i did learn you know and you know people put me in the right direction and all that kind of stuff of course i could draw and all that kind of stuff but i that was that was one of my big things about when i was reading comics as a kid you know and i you know like the stories and all that kind of stuff it's like you know I, I see how to draw this kind of stuff i can so i learned to draw by i know that's really odd but by by reading comics so that's that's one of my 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 uh 
answers to this question. The other one is the vocabulary thing, all the cool words that you can learn. But, you know, I can't think of any at the moment. So apparently they didn't stick. Hey, Tommy, so, could I throw in one? You do it. Go. So actually, that, that was one of the things I had on mind. You know, so I'll get back to the literacy because I've got a different angle, too. Um, but vocabulary. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, when you're especially when you're young and you start reading mm-hmm. comics, uh, my parents were wonderful. They always said any book I ever wanted, as long as I read it, they would buy it. So when you're in your uh, elementary school years and you have like the book order forms, yeah. half of the class order was mine, <laughs> you know, yes. because my parents wanted me to be a voracious reader. And I did. Uh, so there was actually one example I could come up with a word. Um, I was reading. Excelsior. Art- <laughs> that, that's a good one. No, no. Uh, no but this that's one, the only one I could remember. I was, I was younger and I was reading an Archie comic book. And there was this word I never saw, Nagalesta. I'm like, what is this? As a little kid, I'm like, Nagalesta, nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's the that's first cool. time I ever remember seeing that word. Of course, that's a word that, you know, lots of people use, especially those of us that are kind of getting a little bit older, maybe than we want to be at this point. You know, we, yeah. we're dealing with a lot more nostalgia these days. Uh, but, you know, the expanse of somebody's vocabulary. Um, and then yeah, I'll, I'll turn it back to you in one second. But no, no, no. The other ones were just silly. I was going to sprinkle them oh, in. As but I like silly. I want to hear yeah. silly. Um, but just being able to take, you know, a word that you might not understand using context clues, you know, the surrounding words in the paragraph to figure out what it means. That's an essential skill for any reader to have. So, you know, as young ones are reading, encountering new words, and because of the dialogue as it's going back and forth, they get the gist of what's going on. They can start deciphering the words um, to identify the meaning without even making it feel like it's a chore because it's not a book. It's right. not for a class. You know, they're enjoying yeah. it. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, learning by osmosis that way, um, which I think is, I think that's pretty awesome. So, Tommy, I want to hear your fun ones. No, just going, jumping back a half a second. No, I'm glad that you said all that. All the things that you said were the things that I was thinking that I was like, how am I going to say this vocabulary thing? And you nailed it. So I appreciate it. Thanks for absolutely and helping me out. Actually, I want to give that a a little credit to that one, Bruce, real quick on a side note to my business partner, Barry. I was mentioning to him that I was having problems trying to figure out some stuff for today. And he was like, vocabulary is the best one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, Barry, you're correct. That is the, so thanks, Barry. And thanks, John. <laughs> no, they, welcome, my, my my, some of my sillier stuff, and I had some other ones, were going to be more of the lines of like how villains killed people and stuff. So what did I learn? How, you know, the cool, inter- interesting ways on how to destroy the earth, you know, <laughs> how to, you know, how to, how to blink out everybody, you know, with the snap, you know, those kind of things. So I was just going to, you know, drop a little of those every now and again, because you've learned all kind of villainous stuff that was just really neat things that, uh, is this on? Are people you, you, watching? Yeah. No, you oh, can, we're watching. I, this is not, this is private still, right? <laughs> so, so Tommy, nobody knows you. about it, Tommy, but, uh, so on oh. the villainous stuff, um, I agree with you, you know, the whole, you know, take over the world, um, you know, along with the cartoon, the G.I. Joe comic books, you know, Cobra, Ruthless Terrorist Organization determined to rule the world. But haven't we also learned from the villain? <laughs> yeah, there you're going. I know where you're going. Over the world, but 
stupid things not to do. Like, hi, <laughs> how you're do in you my clutches. I'm how going to tell fail? you all of my plan, and where the reset exactly. button is. Exactly. And that's before the you die, I'm going to turn around and walk away, and then I'm defeated. You know. So, like, so if oh. I were to take over the world and do something crazy, then I'd have a monologue, and then the good guy would come and then clonk me over the head with a stick or something. <laughs> And then, and yeah. then, you know, so that's what I learned. I learned how to take over the world just to get beat at the last minute. Yep. You know, so so I wouldn't. I'd make the perfect bad guy. You also learn that does ensure for that ensures the ability to be in a sequel. It, yeah, was, <laughs> you, you also learn from villains the the uh, lesson of persistence because no matter how many times they canonically die right. or get sent to the Phantom Zone, they're always back ten issues later. They come back. They come back, and then they fail again, and they yeah. try again, and then they fail again, and they fail and fail. Who's, who's next? Brent, what do you got? I'm going to throw you into the... So are we just like rattling all of them off and then we'll each do that and then we'll spend the rest of the time just making fun of each other like normal? Because that's cool. <laughs> I don't know if I knew what the format was. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I think that just without saying it or planning it, I think that is just the natural progression of the show. <laughs> There, the cage. There, there are no rules, and the points don't matter. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> nice, Nobody's keeping nice score. Yeah. Well, as I was thinking it, I wasn't sure how to think of the question, but um, one thing about comics uh, that I learned was uh, about comics themselves, which is values in the eye of the beholder, um, which serves me very well now. Because whenever someone confides in me that they feel bad that they spent $10 on a plastic plate that really was only worth 50 cents wholesale, I think to myself, but I buy magazines that cost $5 and take 10 minutes. So I don't have anybody. <laughs> so that uh, I learned that quite an early on that that helped me a lot uh, with uh, when I first got that little realization that uh comics um i've spent a lot of money on comics throughout my life and uh you know i could have spent it on something else but it's kind of what i wanted and that's actually okay so mm-hmm. i'd say that was a life lesson um well, i also learned that uh what else uh i learned that no one really ever dies um no that's but bucky oh wait never mind I, like i said earlier i learned a lot of stuff from comics but a lot of it probably isn't true <laughs> so um so uh, one other big thing i actually alluded to this in the uh column i wrote in kayla's issue one one thing i love about comics and i cannot give the credit to anything but comics in my development is comics helps me learn that waiting for something is a good thing you don't need to have it all at once if you read a comic and you don't know how the story ends waiting for the next issue is a good thing it'll give you a chance to ruminate over what you just read to speculate to let your own imagination kind of fill in the blanks so that you're doubly startled when you actually see how it or maybe your version was better and then you start learning how to build a world or something um, I feel like that has kind of been lost a little bit 
Um, we live in a world where uh, if you talk to someone about a favorite show they have, uh, very likely they've already seen every episode there is. Yeah. They binge watched it over a weekend. It means that in two weekends, they may have actually forgotten all about it. And um, that, in my mind, um, feels like it's too easy. Like I want things to get drawn out. I want to have a cliffhanger that is a real cliffhanger. And comics do that. I really love how comics do that. Frankly, I don't know a lot of other things these days that do. Maybe broadcast television, but who watches that anymore? So Right, right. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that we've all kind of touched on um, how the the storytelling of comic books, the the method that it's delivered uh, and it's, has imparted something on us as well. Uh, that, that anticipation of having to wait, um, the, the, the vocabulary, the way a story, just a whole page or just a panel, you can learn, uh, you can learn what a word means or, or, or a, a feeling or how that, how that thought or feeling is, ex- is expressed by, the expressions of the characters, the action that's going on. And it's interesting. It's, it's more interesting than, than just words on a page. Uh, and, and the, what I like uh, about comic books and the storytelling side of it is there's so much told in, in the art. It has to be, there has to be so much information that's distilled into one panel and, and and then a page and then the, the thought process that has to happen to distill that story down and telling a good story is, is not easy in a comic book so for for folks that craft stories and i don't mean just comic books i mean even just the spoken story and here i'm rambling on stretching this out uh it can be a condensed you, you learn how to get to the point condense it and, and impart all the information that you can um, with the economy of space and, and time. Uh, and it, yeah, comic books can be a quick read, but what's awesome and what film doesn't have is you can linger on a page. You can linger on a piece of art. I have, and I, I think I say this every, every show, Iron Man was my guy. And the, um, the 80s suit, um, and I, I artist wise uh i don't remember the suit the suit with the the big arm thingies and the big anklets uh um, yeah the silver centurion or the red and gold red and gold red and gold so like bob layton probably yeah, wasn't that yeah, bob layton bob, bob yeah definitely yeah. he's his art is 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 seared in here and the, i i don't know which number it was 282 i don't know um there's a, a shot of, of iron man flying alongside the stark uh plane and it, actually jim rhodes was in the suit because it was at the time where he was wearing the suit and i just that's just like iron man and then when they made the movie uh when the iron man movie came out i would and it was it was on the internet i would click the mouse back to watch the suit go and because <laughs> that art that that image of iron man or when he was fighting the mandarin or fin fang foom and something like that and mm-hmm. That suit is, it, but you can linger on that art, and you can linger on the the, the covers. You know, Tony Stark with the, the bottle out, al- the alcohol, and the you know the beads of sweat and the the scruff. Those those images are there, and hmm. I, when, especially when you're younger too, it's it's funny. 
how, how much time you'll spend with a box of cereal or, uh, you know, uh, just, just pictures. And I still do it now. I love it. You go back and they're, they're there. So, um, I don't know what lesson that is, but, uh, that's something that has been just burned into my, uh, my, my memories, uh, of comic books. Um, so I didn't mean to, I don't hope I didn't take over from you guys. Um, Oh no. Yeah. Cause I was going to go on to go on to some of the bigger themes. Um, and one of them that, one of them that I, I picked up from comic books and it wasn't just comic books, it was you know, upbringing, but comic books reinforce it is it's just helping people and not just people, you know, but being helpful, being kind, being neighborly and looking out for people, looking out for somebody holding the door, uh, checking the seats, you know, someone stopped on the side of the road, their car is broken down. That's that sort of stuff of, of being able to help. We, we can't be superheroes. We can't pick up their car and, or, or, or push it flash style or something like that. But we, we can help people. And I, I don't think that's just, I'm not the only one to have picked up on that. That's like a central theme of any hero story. Um, I don't, I don't know of many heroes that that don't sometimes it's begrudgingly but that makes for an interesting hero right when they're 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 a jerk but then they usually they usually end up helping people um thoughts on that i'm getting nods i don't know it's not that not that groundbreaking of a statement <laughs> that, no, but it's it's very true it's very true yeah i was gonna say that was um something that uh i was also gonna say was the uh uh i just started rewatching Star Trek sg1 again uh but as tiok said the strong defend the weak uh yeah. but um even in comics when you get like an anti-hero or someone like a uh deadpool or a deathstroke there is a moment where there is someone who is weaker than but they care about enough that they're like all right so i'm going to now do all i can to defend this one person right and i mean take that to any other aspect in life but if you have the ability to take care of someone when they can't take it themselves it, you, you should yep yep and you know, if, if i could kind of throw in just kind of like um, a phrase that goes along with everything you're saying there that was kind of on my hit list um really from comics and the heroes who I admire, you know, the Spider-Mans and the uh, Captain Americas. Um, as a influenced young child, they kind of really helped set my moral compass, you know, of how I should act, how I should behave, you know, um, you know, like some people have the, you know, what would Jesus do bracelets? Mine could be what would Steve Rogers do? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and really, I do kind of think about that sometimes. You know, it's like, what would he do in that scenario? And um, most people here probably know, but I don't know if all of our like millions of viewers tonight know, um, my full-time job is in education. So I've been in higher ed for 24 years now. So that moral compass has absolutely followed me into the classroom in every aspect of my life. So as you guys were talking about, you know, the stronger taking care of the weak, well, you know, the knowledgeable myself, you know, taking care of the people who want to gain the knowledge, you know, so I think that's really has influenced my teaching. Um, and as an administrator now influences my taking care of the teachers who take care of their students. 
Uh, so I, I, a lot of the moral compass and ethics um, definitely can be traced back to my comic book reading roots. So John, uh, I love that. I, I clicked around a little bit before we got started and I found um, uh, a Forbes article that I was gonna touch on, uh, but you, you, that makes a nice segue because it's talking about, um, the title is Nine Career Lessons I Learned from Comic Books. Oh, cool. And you, you talk about uh, helping people, even if you don't know them, and that's kind of what I was saying too, um, mm -hmm. putting others' needs before yours, have, a cr have creative ways of solving the problem. And that's basic storytelling too. If, if we had the same story, the same problem, with the same solution every time. I mean, the solutions are usually very similar. When we joke about the supervillains having problems, well, the hero has to solve it creatively. Otherwise, we would have very boring stories. So applying that to us, yes, be creative. Um, and then the, the optimism, uh, is I, I, it has to be infectious, I think. And that's what makes a great story, too. Even with the grumpy anti-hero types, the, the surly, the wolverines, you know, the, those types they have their moments and they're, they're not, they might be morose, but they're, that doesn't mean they're not optimistic. It doesn't mean they will give up. Mm -hmm. So uh, that character trait, however it presents itself, but there's that, there's an optimism there. And then that willingness to, to help, to help those that, that need to help, that, that you can help. So that's uh, uh, Forbes.com. And then yeah, nine, Nine lessons, where does, let me scroll again. Nine career lessons I've learned from comic books by Bruce Kasanoff. Good stuff there. So folks want to look that up. Yeah, that's cool. What's next? Did I cut anybody off? No, oh, I just got okay. a off you. So, yeah. Uh, the, other, the other one I, I, I picked up on too, and um, I saw a few themes from other, other sources is, is that everybody's got a, one problem or another. Everybody's dealing with something. And um, a lot of times the, care, the, the heroes will have multiple things they've got to deal with. They're always juggling a personal life, or the superhero life. Um, and sometimes it's like Spider-Man, it's, it's school. Or if they're you know, an older character, it's, it's uh, a career or a love interest. And they're always, they have those problems. But then we have the good, the really good stories also show us that the people they interact with have problems as well. And then that's what amps up the hero level is when the hero can say, okay, I've got all these problems. They're just being weighed down. They can set that aside for a moment and, and sometimes outright rescue somebody. Sometimes they've got to kick somebody's butt. And then sometimes it's, they have to be the, the good human, the good person, and, uh, and be uh, present and helpful uh, in so many different ways. But that, that everybody has a problem, and that's something we can take on. You know, why is that guy being a jerk? Why did that person snap at me? You know, so, somebody said, be, what is it? Be nice to the mean people. They need it most of all. Something like that. Um, because you don't know and and comic books are good at that they, they tell us they show us everybody's dealing with with something and you don't know what that is 
Yeah. One thing <laughs> I, um, that occurs to me is something that comics did for me when I was reading them growing up was it didn't just actually kind of going back to the point we were just talking about, but also this one. It's true everybody has problems, but comics can kind of give you a picture of what it looks like to actually deal with it. Yeah. Um, like I would know that if I was faced with the uh, situation where I could bully someone, I could know definitively that I wanted to be Spider-Man. I didn't want to be Flash Thompson. Yeah. And no one would ever want to be that. And if you confronted a bully and said that you're being a Flash Thompson and not a Spider-Man, well, he would probably beat you up because he didn't know what you were talking about. But if he did, <laughs> he would hate the idea of being Flash Thompson. So that's um, that's really when you're growing up. It's actually even if you read a lot of books, it's still hard to visualize until you can actually see it in pictorial form. Someone who you want to be is having problems and is dealing with it in a way that is good and not selfish and mm -hmm. does help people and cares about how people feel and stuff like that it's comically great that way good stuff good stuff thank you brent <laughs> anybody else before i <laughs> go on to the next big soul searching heart-wrenching right. theme i found a little list here let's let me throw these at you real quick this is um uh, you know, sometimes when you find some of these lists, you maybe don't want to say, because I don't know this website, so I don't want to say who it is just in case it turns out to be a website that I really shouldn't be on. So, <laughs> um, but the, the, the title of the, the article is, uh, and I don't know why it's called this, but maybe you guys can help me out. It's uh, Eight Business uh, Lessons from Superheroes and Villains is what the title is. And, and, and all these things are talking about... Um, uh, stuff that uh, that you would get from you know when you're reading the uh, comics and stuff like uh, you know Iron Man is always uh, uh, always he's trying to uh, uh, innovate all the time you know he's you know he's always trying to and then it says like for here for the I'm not going to read all the stuff but like the Joker he's you, to be the to you can now. Some of these, you know, you take them for what they are, you know, for things that you would try to imply in life. But you know, you got to enjoy what you what you do, kind of a thing. So that you know, even the Joker does a bunch of bad stuff, but that's still something that you would learn, you know, yeah. from. Yeah, and so like, uh, uh, like the Black Panthers uh, thing here is like uh, leverage leverage new technologies, that kind of thing. You know, these are things that you fantasies. Uh, Never give up, give up on your dreams. Um, Captain Marvel, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, Superman is, um, uh, know your strength, know your weaknesses. There's plenty of times where he's had to figure out, you know, how to, but any strength for everything. And of course, you know, Spider Man is the great power, great uh, responsibility thing. So you can get a lot of good, uh, uh, what's the word am I trying to come up with? A Life lot of lessons, yeah, life. Thank you very much. See you, writer folks. Boy, I love you guys. <laughs> it's fun watching try to make words. Yes. <laughs> Just draw, Thomas. Don't talk. Stick to the pictures. Just stick to the picture. Just draw. 
Right. Anyway, that's as far as I was going to go with that. I just wanted to throw sure. some of those things out there because it's like, yeah, all that stuff is true. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of times, I mean, when you're, when you're 10 years old, um, you're not always thinking about that, but John and Brent have said, but when it comes to it, when you come to a decision about how you're going to act, how you're going to treat somebody or how, even now, now how you're going to lead, that's been, that's been brewing that's been there it's been been planted over and over and over again and then it becomes part of you and that and and you do you want to you want to be steve rogers you you don't yeah you don't want to be the the villain um unless the giant lair in the volcano is an option it's cool yeah maybe (laughs) you just need a hero with a giant lair in a volcano okay Okay. lava man there you go yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, being a being a Tony Stark, that'd be whew, if I had the gadgets. Yeah, what's but what's the what's the lesson from uh, from Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark? A lot of money can solve problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, they will just make not, you neurotic just and disturb to the point of yeah. being socially incomprehensible. So wait, wait, wait. Did you say what did you say? Me? Who is you? Yeah. No, you, <laughs> yeah. Brent. Sorry. <laughs> Yes, having a lot of money helps, but it'll also make you neurotic and okay. uh, obsessed to the point of being socially uh, incomprehensible and unable and, to be truly known. And that's that's another lesson that the the the, the power what power can do for you too. And they they uh, we we have to watch heroes that are powerful. They have to balance that. And very often, though. Uh, our villains, though, are corrupted by power, right? That's a that's a that's a good villain trope, but it I is thought a- we weren't talking politics. Yeah, let's fix it to go there. <laughs> and I'm like, nah. Say, so are we talking about our government? I'm, what we talking? I'm, I'm talking guys with with capes and volcano yep. layers. So I mean, yep. there might be some politicians. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, uh, I would say I love the Injustice run, even though it's, it's based off of a, of a video game, but the Injustice run Superman where um, I think it was Joker succeeds in uh, nuking Metropolis uh, in an alternate timeline, kills Lois Lane on everyone, so uh, Superman clamps down hard for the good of all people, but you see him just become a, uh, a rather authoritative figure <laughs> that the rest of Justice League is not having. Everything that Lex Luthor had always been afraid of. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just I was actually playing that game last night. I was getting my butt whooped. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's always one of the things where you can play against bots and feel great and go online and you are filled with self doubt and, and shame. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you should never go online. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that kind of the theme of uh, uh what's the movie uh Mega Mind, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, gives the powers and uh, exploits his superpowers. Yeah, for, not for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, power is corrupting. Um, treating others as equals is is one and two that that goes along with helping people that you don't know. If you treating others as equals, even if you are super powered superhero, um, treat others as they want to be treated no differently and that that's always a good struggle that we can watch heroes um work through is i'm i'm powerful i could squash you like a bug 
but I have to, I'm, I'm going to treat you like uh, either a friend or, or an equal uh, or a peer. And um, that goes along also with, with not underestimating someone because very often as readers, sometimes we'll, we'll have the inside information that, uh, that this guy can, can do something amazing and he's usually hiding it. And then somebody, somebody ticks him off or uh, mistreats him. And uh, they, then they find out that that, that that individual does have superpowers. Um, that, that was often a theme with uh, like, uh, uh, like Darkwing Duck and, and Ninja Turtles and the cartoons like that, where they, the, uh, the villain is, he's the result. He's a villain because somebody underestimated him or didn't, didn't see his worth. And uh, that's when he becomes the evil mastermind that wants to um, bring, uh, 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 destroy the city with, uh, with animate plants or something like that. But uh, I think that's the pilot episode of Darkwing Duck right there. So, <laughs> but that's a, don't, don't underestimate somebody and don't, don't mistreat them. Uh, Cause you don't know what, what they're going to, again, what they're going through and uh, who they really are. I'm going to take a sip here. Let someone else. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of, uh, while well, well, Scott's uh, taking a sip, I'm going to do a, a quick one, but I think it's kind of funny, uh, Tommy talking about uh, all writers, but uh, comics um, got me into what little art I do do. Um, I never really took any drawing classes or really got into drawing, but everything about comics, all the heroes need cool looking weapons that's just the rule uh so i just started like doodling concepts for swords and guns and all this fun like fantasy style weaponry and i still do that and now use it for some of my own stuff but and, and I, I even though i would never want to put myself out there to draw a comic yet i do feel like it's something good to have learned and i got picked that up from just getting inspired by reading comics with cool art mm. That is one thing that comics taught me is I can't draw my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when I when I went to school for writing, um, make a plug for Full Sail here. Uh, I didn't know what. I honestly didn't know. I thought I wanted to just add to my novel writing repertoire which I, I had not written a novel but I thought that's what I wanted to do and I thought this would kind of round me out as a creative writing for for entertainment and with the focus on visual art the visual medium really dialed in my love for comic books it was kind of like oh I love comic books yes oh wow I, I really love comic books and now I can now I can say why and uh and Roland's class uh he he taught the, the comic books and um it 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 changed my perspective and that's kind of what I spoke on earlier the the craft of writing and writing for comic books I I think it's just so cool it's so different you have to get so much you, you have to impart so much information you don't have pages of prose and people pining for a loved one or uh, pages and pages of background information. You, 
you have to tell it visually and with with a few words that fit and it all has to work and I, I think it's so cool so yeah comic books have changed my perspective on how and what I want to write yeah, it's 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 the uh difference between uh I get 10 pages of Hemingway talking about being on the planes and understanding his life. And then the one silent panel of Peter Parker picking up a broken Gwen Stacy and every teenage yeah. boy just throwing the issue across the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid yeah. Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, um, the other thing that goes along with everything that you're saying, and I was kind of hoping that you would circle back to this because you kind of uh, broached this topic earlier. Um, one of the things that I've learned working with artists on comics over the years mm -hmm. um, and hearing some of the horror stories, luckily this one hasn't happened with me. I'm sure I'm the cause of other horror stories, um, but writers who write in such a way that make the job of the artist that much more difficult, <laughs> like one panel, if you're saying so many things have to yeah. happen, yeah. one panel, they tell, okay, artists, well, you know, John Wick walks into the room and then he pulls the gun out of his shirt or uh, jacket and then he fires three bullets, hitting two different guys at the same time. And they're like, "That's one panel." One yeah. panel. You that in one panel. Yep. So you know, finding the happy medium between having to, as you said, you know, give such description and so much action in a small space, but still keep in mind what's visually um even achievable for yeah. the artist to be able to pull off you know maybe yep. a series of short panels you know showing some action movement etc um so along with that i think you know writers if they're very visually in tune even though like tim was saying he's not an artist he doesn't want to draw a book yet um lord knows you don't want me to draw i'm really good with stick figures and as a teacher i use stick figures drunk stick figures to teach you the difference between a front slash and a backslash when I was teaching computers um, and command line interface stuff. Uh, but yeah, so the visual folks can get it to help the artists as opposed to impede the artist. Yeah. And th this may be a little meta, but another thing I learned um, very heavily from comics is the joy of collaboration. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm very thankful for the education that um, Scott and I had. I'm not sure when our cohorts were in there, but years apart but uh through full sale um and learning how to write a script the right way early on so i i knew how many lines to of detail to feed my artist and kind of what happened and you, you give them enough detail they know what's happening but not enough to really direct the page um too hard and then this is gonna be kind of spoilery for wolf hunter but um maybe we'll, maybe we'll get art for that soon but i got rust back for the uh first quarter of wolf hunter and I, I just fed him like one, two lines of detail per panel, or whatever. And it comes back looking like something out of Dunkirk, and it's blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, um, same thing happened with me with with David Mims. Is I gave him there were some there were some pages and panels where I was pretty specific. I said I want to see Felix doing this, and I want his face to be because I I need to impart that character. And Felix as a character isn't in david's brain but otherwise i said i gave I, you know i told him what the character's like i told him who the villains were and what the what was going on 
just gave him a, a, a same thing, a line here and a line there for per page of what I would like to, to see. And it's almost, I mean, it came back and, and blew me away with what he sent me. And, and as the pages came in, there were a few points where I, I even, I changed the plot. Something he drew um, just, just, just sent me off in a little, another direction that would make it so much better. And that thinking visual, visually, and he, he had that, that visual, the visual side of it better than I did. Um, and how, how we can transition from one image to the next to just tell the story too. And with an, you know, I had an idea that it would be, it'd be words or, you know, passing something off. And it was no, just an expression or, or, uh, the, just the impression of movement from one to the next and, um, collaboration and, and, and my words going to him being turned into pictures, uh, and then just changing my, my thought process has been, been so amazing. I, I really love it. And I love what can come from, uh, working together with, uh, the, the, the words and the pictures. I, it, it, I don't think any, nothing else ha has it really. You know, it, it has a lot to do with the the artist and the, the writer together. You know, some 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 artists need a lot of help. You know, figuring out what it is that you want the that from the writer. But some, you know, if you've got a penciler that that uh, you know a seasoned seasoned penciler, I guess somebody that knows what they're doing. You know, you can give them those little short things like the the Marvel way of writing the script, which yeah. is like your next five pages is. A big fight scene where Spider-Man's yeah. jumping around, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, yeah. you know. But then, then you do it the DC way, where it's kind of, uh, you know, where you're breaking down every panel. You know, this page we need five panels. It's got a perspective shot this way, this way, that way, the other. So some some pencilers need that. Some some can just go. Some and then then you got some pencilers that that <laughs> think they can go and they they don't. But uh, you know, you've got a. a uh, you know, it's just the different ways that you guys, uh, you know, write the stories. I kind of like when, when I see, when, when I, it's, it's when the penciler does the thumbnails based off of what's being written. Have you guys had your pencilers come back with thumbnails first before they actually started doing yeah. finished pencils? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I, I think that's the way it should be that way. It's so you know, exciting to see how they yeah. interpreted your words. And what what a thumbnail is for everybody that that's that might be watching. So the 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 writer will have you know whatever page nine, whatever's going to happen on page nine, and the penciler will just uh, will break it down and do kind of like what's on the the screen there a little bit of uh, you know what he's got going where he's breaking down the panels and just do little scribble scratches of what's going on in the thing. Yeah, so that way you don't have uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that way, the the he can pass that on to the writer, and the writer goes, "Oh, you know what? If this was supposed to be a different dude, then yeah. maybe I didn't explain it very well in, in what I how I wrote." And that way, you're not because I I know plenty of writers that have that are you know working with pencilers on on spec on these kind of projects, and they'll get back three or four pages, and the penciler's like, "That's not what I wanted," but I'm, I can't make him redraw it now, so I'm just gonna have to figure out how to make the story work. You know, and I'm sure you guys have probably yeah. had that happen. It happens. Yeah. So. Well, I imagine there is this, uh, at least for me, when I'm working with my artists, 
I realize that I am dealing with people who have a finite amount of patience. So (laughs) I write a description of a panel and they come back and it doesn't look right. I figure if I explain it it again or (laughs) explain it in more detail and they still don't quite have it right, then it's now my job to get work. Yeah. So. And thankfully, I'm working with a couple of guys who are so good that that hardly ever happens. And I can, um, when it usually does, I can see how I've stumbled. Yeah, Brian, I I think that's more of the case of what you're saying, how it usually ends up turning out. It's the, you know, you get two or three revisions and it's still not quite right. And you're like, well, this guy is not going to stick with me if I keep trying to get him. So I'm just going to figure it out, make it work. Maybe that's not fair. But, you know, I get that's kind of how it works out sometimes. The thing that I keep coming back to with the artist relationship is I actually consider a hard job. I, the ideating, the sitting down, the discipline, all this and that. But the truth is I can whip out a, a decent comic script in about a week. But an artist cannot whip out a comic book in a week, a month maybe. But it's just so much more time mean i don't know if that means it's harder but it sure seems more labor intensive and i think writers well i mean you write you go you go uh, a a kid's child you know a child's uh, bedroom with play toys on the floor you know that was that like (laughs) five ten words and now now he's going to draw that that takes them all day to draw so it's like and then you go no i meant i meant i said child but i really meant a teenager and those are the wrong toys on the floor like oh no this is not what i this is not what i meant Um, you got to research what you're drawing you got to get your references set up yeah get right exactly Uh, and you know yeah i don't don't know if i necessarily say it's harder than writing no, I don't think so. But, it's just a it's, different. Maybe it just takes longer. It, I don't think it's harder. It's basically just kind of like your method. You know, your your yeah. uh, what's it called? The the way you work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Your workflow. The way that work, it works. Yeah, that's what. I, that's what I'm yeah, and that's why I think that the 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 layouts, the thumbnails are 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 really essential. Unless, unless you're just gelling, you know, the 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 writer and the penciler and the okay. the artist or whoever. You know, they've, they've been working together and they can kind of second guess what's going on. You know, they got it. They got it going on. They've already been talking on the phone. You know, they don't have to. You remember what we talked about for these four pages on the phone the other day? Yeah, draw that. And you're like, okay, right. you don't even have to send yeah. them anything. Yeah. That, I've known that, plenty of those conversations. That's that my most recent conversation with uh, Andrew, my artist on Wolf Hunter, was uh, like that, where he, he, he'll read, read a way ahead in the script and he'll come back to me with questions or ideas for alterations to panels ahead and say, okay, when I come to this page, what if we did this change here? And we'll kind of theorize it out together and work out what hit and what the story between the two of us will come out to look like. And I think that's really dope. And it gets back to what you were saying, Tim, the the collaboration of the, of the group of people. I mean, when I, you know, when I do my own kid hero stuff, you know, I'm writing it and penciling it and inking it and color, you know, I, I think it's fun. But it is a whole lot funner when you're working with a group of folks when you know somebody right. they can bounce all the ideas off. You know, the 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 penciler can add to what the writer did and then the inker comes in and and, and the <laughs> you know spruces up those pencils a little bit and then the color a different person is coloring mm-hmm. it and they yeah, you know, and they go, Well, I didn't even think about that's what color that was gonna be. You know, I was gonna do just shabby green, but you did this bright fuchsia color, that makes it pop. That's really good. <laughs> but that that's yeah, I'd have done something crappy. 
Yeah, like uh, I, I'm not sure how many other people can raise, but uh, Scott being also a uh, novelist or working novelist, um, soon to be novelist. Um, uh, when writing a novel, like I can sit back and chomp on my cigar all day long, um, and it's just me telling a story. But it doesn't become a good story until after it sees my alpha reader, readers, my beta readers, mm-hmm. and then my editor. And after like all those emails I get in between, that's when it gets really fun because that's when it starts to take shape and. I'm like, okay, this is what people are enjoying about it. But the important thing that I'm learning is that people are enjoying it, and I can yeah. then work to fix it for that. Yeah, I'm so I'm so bad about that that kind of thing when I'm doing my own little stuff. It's like here here's the story I want to tell, and then I pass it to my wife <laughs> and my buddies, and they go, "Well, Thomas, you know, why don't you add this?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not paying me. I'm doing this. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm doing it the way I want to do it." You this would have been so work. much cooler if you had done this. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing it. I'm doing it the way nope. I wanted to do it. <laughs> I'm not a writer. I just want to draw this particular scene, so I'm put it in there. Do you guys want to hear uh, a real interesting, not very well known uh, fun fact that Tim kind of made me just think about right now? Okay. When Get Tim it. was talking about like his alpha readers and his beta readers. So when I started self-publishing, you know, I came up with the company name. And if you look behind me, it's still on the, let's see, which way am I moving backwards? <laughs> beta 3 Comics. So now, now I'm doing stuff as Beta 3 Studios under oh. Silverline. But the reason Beta 3 was the different levels of software. As I was teaching technology at that point, they would have the different beta releases for software. Yep. And usually like the third beta would be the last one before they had the gold code that they're yep. running with and publishing. So beta three was like when a bunch of us were novices, not pro yet, the whole idea of beta three was this is our last stop before we're pro. So as you're talking <laughs> alpha and beta, that just kind of brought yeah. that into mind. So I thought I'd put a little bit of trivia out there for folks. Nice. And not, not to get too cheesy, huggy, huggy, squeezy, lovey feeling, but, uh, <laughs> to apply apply everything we've been talking about as collaborators we take the lessons from our superheroes and our teams superheroes <laughs> our justice leagues and our super friends um we can't be a bunch of uh uh, uh hind ends uh as writers and scream at our our artists uh brent and tommy you said and it's right so you get, you get your third revision as long as you're uh your um uh, middle-aged white male protagonist hasn't turned into an octogenarian female Sasquatch or something. You know, <laughs> you're okay. I mean, we, we're good to go. It's fine. We'll make it work, and we'll make it work. Yeah, we're we're a, we're a team here. You're not. It's it's not uh, egos uh, getting in the way. Um, it, it, and if if it's a give and take, so uh, you, I like your ideas. You, you know, it's it, it's back and forth, and we're gonna create this product this this story together and uh that's that without getting too cheesy you know teamwork teamwork. Um, but it's it's true it's true we 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 take these lessons of of uh treating each other as equals being fair and equitable being kind uh and and, um we know we all have our we have our individual superpowers while we're creating people who write people who draw my my comic book would be nothing would not be a comic book without an artist and i we've all joked all of us writers we can't 
scribble much at all on a piece of paper. So I'm not going to, not going to make somebody angry with my ego. Uh, I, we're going to work together. And I'm, I'm incredibly uh, thankful. And I, I felt uh, every time he'd send me something, David uh, Mims would send me something. I'd be amazed, but I was running out of uh, words. <laughs> you know, just cause cool, I, neat, yeah, awesome. Wow. <laughs> I just, but they, they were, I felt, I, I didn't want them to become trite. I, I wanted them, I, I really like, I, man, if I could hug you, I, if I could, I, if I could, I would, because they're incredible and they exceeded my expectations. But how many times can I say, you've exceeded my expectations? <laughs> um, but I was, I wanted to let him know and, and hopefully, you know, this, this story will be a success. Uh, to let you and, know, you, you could say that as many times as you want to, we'll never get old for an argument. Oh, good, good, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Scott, going off what you had said, I, I've got a story for you guys. Um, it's, again, an uh, old Sniper and Rook story, some history background here. I think that you're going to like, because um, as you were talking about working as a team and working with the artists, um, and I like, you know, if your protagonist doesn't change into this radically different version. So I got a story, but um, first I'll go kind of with the touchy-feely stuff that you all were talking about. Um, a couple things that I've learned from comics. Um, the comic book, and not necessarily reading comics, but creating comics. Um, the comic book creator world is a microcosm of the world. You are going to have every like you would find in high school so you're going to have the popular kids the not so popular kids the nice kids the douchebags you're going to have everything across you know the the stream but usually the number of awesome people far outweigh everything else so a lot of the things i've learned from comics and taken away from comics as a creator um friendship Number one, I mean, you know, very few of us on this call have actually met in person. Um, I've had the pleasure to meet Brent and Tommy, and that's it so far. And both of those gents only once had a con last year. But you guys are like, are we just going to talk about stuff and then get into making fun of each other like usual? That's, you know, friendship. And that's something brought together through the shared love of comics. Um, I've also, I've worked in comic book stores. So that's something else, you know, the, the friendships that are made because of shared interests um, between crea uh, creators, you know, the stores, conventions, people who make the convention rounds, they have like a convention family, you know, yeah. people that they see, you know, that's, um, it, yeah, it's that you huge. only see at the shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and along with that, um, as long as I've been self-publishing and now publishing through Silverline, um, loyalty, I've had many people over the years that come and track me down at another show saying, do you have a new issue? Do you have a new issue? And, you know, you can't imagine how touching that is every time somebody makes the trek out and made sure to find my table because yeah. they wanted to see what I wrote next. I mean, that is, that is so humbling because I'm so appreciative, you know, that obviously they like the work enough to want to come back. Um, and to, you know, search me out. Um, but yeah, and then again, you know, about the community. Um, so I'm going to kind of wrap up the touchy-feely part on that, <laughs> and I'm going to go into the story. So the original version of Sniper and Rook, the original concept art, 
was done by one of my very best friends, and he's still one of my very best friends today, although we don't really get to talk much anymore. Get older, you get jobs, kids, stuff like that. Um, he did the design work. I kind of explained to him what I wanted. We were in the basement hall of my college building. Um, I'm explaining to him. He's drawn it out. It's you know precisely what I want. And he was going to draw you know the original storyline. It was supposed to be Sniper and Rook kind of get decommissioned by the government and they kind of get pulled back into the spy realm, you know, surreptitiously, unofficially, because they needed to start figuring out why did they get decommissioned and there's some dirty dealings behind the scenes. So that was kind of like the original pitch. So my buddy draws like the first five page sequence. It's really, really good. And I give him a call, you know, because like no texting, no phone, you know, chat back in the day, you know, you actually had to pick up a phone, you know, some people had them that light up, some look like footballs, whatever, you know, it's the 90s. And so I said to him, I'm like, hey, Brian, did you get any more like, you know, pages done on the book? He's like, yeah, I got three more pages done. I'm like, cool, cool, <laughs> which ones? He's like, yeah, I drew them in a bar. <laughs> I'm like in a bar that that that's not in the story what are what are they doing in a bar he's like oh they're fighting my vampire they're 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 fighting your vampire there there there's no vamp uh, granted yeah we're talking you know um Washington DC probably a whole lot of vampires um but but Ooh. I'm not saying any particular party yet it, it's it's probably equal opportunity blood sucking out of Washington, D.C. Uh, so, but yeah, so I'm like, what do you mean fighting your vampire? He's like, it's really cool. And he drew some great pages that had nothing to do with the story. So, you know, we kind of chatted. We figured we could work together or we could be friends. Yeah. So, like I said, to this day, we're still good friends. Um, and then actually once he uh, decided that he wasn't going to go the comic art route after all, um, he bequeathed to me some of his characters, uh, which have become part of the Sniper and Rook universe. Oh, um, cool. They showed up in cool. issue 10. They will be back. Um, so the it's kind of cool that... What's that? The vampires? The vampires? <laughs> not Those in there. Those the characters that he gave you. But, but yeah, other ones. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool that they get a live cool. on that way. You know, um, but yeah, so sometimes um, very much, you know, the friendships and meeting somebody halfway until they make a radical change, right. kind of like what you were saying earlier, Scott, uh, in passing. The other thing, before I forget, as we as writers explain to our artists exactly what we want, sometimes we have to be careful about language barriers. Um, yeah. I'm working with this wonderful guy named Leo. Um, a lot of people in the indie worlds work with Leo. He is phenomenal. He's down in Brazil. And so there have been many times where I thought I've explained something clearly, you know, to me, it makes sense. And then he'll thumbnail it out. I'm like, oh, not quite what I was thinking, you know, and then we'll chat and then he'll thumbnail again. I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So the more I get to do processes with the artists, um, you know, like his, I'm learning as a writer how to more clearly explain in the first place so that's always great and but i that have word had, means something different in your language yes yes you know um and then you know even folks um who've worked with me you know in the u.s and it's not like a language difference um you know i've had a couple and i had one issue in particular 
that really was a great experience because we chatted online like every day about every page um and he's like oh what about this and could i change this angle and could i do this and i'm like well show me what you're thinking very collaborative that was that was an awesome awesome time so yeah there's uh there's a lot out there to be said about collaboration community friendship loyalty and all of yeah. those things the, the, well john on this 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 pinup i'm doing for you for the sniper and rook i'm changing the characters to frogs is that okay? What do you think you are, Walter Simon? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just one step below, but yes. The one's going to be a frog, but one's yes. going to be a horse. And they're both going to have pink mohawks. Is that okay? Oh, as long as it's pink. Somebody mentioned fuchsia earlier. That's my favorite color. Rock with it. All right, there you go. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Silver Lion Winston. Well, I'm with host Scott Wakefield. Featuring John's dog. <laughs> Masterpiece Theater. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I like that intro. I like I like your your, your styles. That's good. You've got a you've got a breadth. Uh you're not you're not you could you could be on uh on stage or on screen. You're doing very well. Exactly. After you come back after ten, it's uh, silver line after dark, so you have to use the uh real <laughs> the relaxing <laughs> intro. <laughs> a more subdued yeah. show. Yes. We've all sipped a cocktail. We've had our nightcap, and we're we're going to have a fireside chat now. Uh, so we have been talking tonight. If you've been with us, thank you. And I will reiterate, uh, thank you for joining us. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for our viewers and our readers and uh, all of our supporters. So tonight we have been talking about what we have learned from comic books, what comic books have taught us. And we've we've gone big and small. We've gone... Uh, onto the topic of the, just the craft uh, as as artists, as writers, and and illustrators, um, and storytellers. How comic books have have improved our storytelling ability, whether that's with words or uh, visually, and and then what we personally have learned, big and small, um, uh, l- loving our neighbor, um, treating others as equals, being kind, being the good person. Um, working together and then that that's from the stories of teamwork but also our own experiences as as a team as Silverline in the comic book world and uh, we've talked about conventions and our and our readers and fans and and how uh, the world of comic books and the, and the stories usually of good that are on the pages how that actually does translate into the comic book reading and creating world it's a lot just just good amazing great people uh reading comic books consuming comic books creating comic books and how um how amazing that is and how fun that is to be part of it so uh, we talked about a lot of those um uh, those topics and how our lives have affected how have been affected and how we've applied them and uh, before we 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 cut off our conversation a little to go to that review um but john wanted to pick it up here and uh, he is ready to go. He was looking down. Didn't know if he was frozen. There's John. No, 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 no. I was I was googling something, but uh, are you ready, John? I find a I I couldn't find a uh, issue reference number, but I I know the story okay. by heart. Yeah, John's gonna John's gonna pick it up. What comic books have what we've learned from reading comic books? So you know, a couple things that stuck with me um, when I started collecting and reading you know the Marvel titles um, seriously. You know, in junior high. 
there are a couple things, and as we talked about tonight, not knowing where people are, you know, different people always have their own baggage, not necessarily knowing what somebody's carrying inside their head or their heart at any given time. Um, don't know if you remember, but back in the day in the 80s, so you, the Spider-Man titles, you had Aunt May, and do you remember when Aunt May was engaged to another guy named Nathan Lubinsky or something to that uh, effect? You guys remember Nathan guy in a no, wheelchair? No, I sure don't. Okay, oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And so there was a, a storyline that Nathan had a gambling problem. And he owed some people some money to the point where this gentleman, this old guy, obviously old because he was engaged to Aunt May, but then Doc Ock was too, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, Aunt May gets around. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> back to seriousness. So Nathan, you know, had gambling problems and got beat up. And some of us, and I'll put myself in there, sometimes – I kind of have some issues too. I think anybody could have some issues. People who have like weight issues and they want to go on a diet and then they cheat on the diet and then they feel awful. Um, I like to shop. I'm really good at shopping. It's kind of like my number one thing to do, but that's not always so good financially. Um, there's this scene in the Spider-Man issue where Spider-Man took care of the guys that beat up Nathan. Um, Peter chewed Nathan out for all of the gambling debts and the issue closed with Nathan going to the local newspaper stand and getting the newspaper for the day. And, and it's like next word balloon said, and a dozen lottery tickets, you know, dot, dot, dot. And that's how the issue closed. And that just, it really hit me about the power of addiction and how people can just be so caught in addiction, you know, it's better to not become addicted if at all possible. Um, but just even something like that. And of course, um, somebody referenced Iron Man earlier today um, with Iron Man when he went through, you know, alcoholism and addiction, uh, the demon in a bottle storyline, yep. you know, so that one's definitely a very well-told, well-known story. Um, but just like this, the secondary character who with like this, this look on his face of like self-disgust and letting himself down um that just kind of really always stuck with me so um that was kind of one of the life lessons there and any of you have ever read this um when i mentioned the title of the book you're going to understand um i learned from comics how even a superhero story that features a superhero that's bit by a radioactive spider. So we're talking, obviously, that's not real world, right? Mm -hmm. um, any huh? of you ever read the book that are the issue, The Kid Who Collects Spider-Man? No? No. Every one of you needs to read this. Every one of our viewers needs to track this down. I don't care if you buy the digital copy and buy it, don't pirate. Piracy is bad. <laughs> um, if you find the original issue, it's been collected a few times. What's it called? Um, the Kid Who Collects Sp or Collected Spider-Man. So there, the whole story was Spider-Man sneaks into this kid's bedroom, and the kid is Spider-Man's number one fan. And he and okay, so if anybody's going to read the book, don't listen to me right now because I'm going to ruin it for you. Spoiler. <laughs> You just told later. us to go read it. What do you mean? Well, 
Okay, so none of you all listen, <laughs> but it, it's it's so if you don't want to hear it, like you. Okay, um, okay, okay. But it, Go and for by it. the way, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. What? Anyway, oh! Oh! I'm gone. It's so, time. It's time. I need a drink. Where no, is- the, so you see Spider Man basically breaking breaking in, you know, walking in or getting into this kid's window. The kid's laying in bed. You know, and he's like, hey, I hear you're my number one fan. He's like, oh, my God, Spider-Man. Yes, I am. And he pulls out like this big scrapbook and starts walking Spidey through it. He's like, I've been watching you since the beginning. Do you remember this battle? Do you remember this battle? And they were laughing about some like wacky villains he had fought against, you know, and they you know, were talking about like the whole history and you know spidey's like well you know i heard you were my biggest fan so i just wanted to come and meet you you know but i gotta go and he's about to like leave the window and he's like you know spider-man and he's like yeah he's like can you tell me who you really are and spidey's like you know that's really private because if anybody knew my identity my whole family would be in danger everybody i love and care about you know would be in danger and he's like but but Spider-Man, I'm your biggest fan, and I promise you I won't tell anybody for as long as I live. And he's like, okay, and takes off his mask, and he's like, my real name's Peter Parker. He's like, you're the guy who takes your pictures. He's like, yep. And so he's like, you know, but remember, I'm trusting you. And so they had a whole talk about him and great power, responsibility. I don't remember if he told him about Uncle Ben or not. Um and the story closes with a page from the Daily Bugle about this young boy who was the biggest Spider-Man fan who passed away from cancer. And so basically the whole story that we read was kind of in between the pages of the Bugle talking about uh. this young boy, you know, like a, like a human interest story about this boy who loves Spider-Man and, you know, Peter, of course, being you know, part of the Bugle, went to visit the boy, you know, kind of like a dying wish type of thing, um, shared his identity with him. And that brought like, you know, heartbreaking tears, like for as long as I lived, poor kid didn't live much longer, you know? Um, but that really said a lot to me about power that a comic can give. I mean, that story when you read it, I and mean, even though you now know what it's about, I mean, when you read it and the way it was written, um, 99.99% sure it was Roger Stern who wrote it. Um, uh, yes, it was Roger Stern, um, art by uh, John Ramada Jr. Yeah. It, um, it so it was, was a Marvel book? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if it was, okay. Yeah, um, it was so powerful and so well done. It, that is a must-read for anybody who loves comics or ever wants to create comics um, with what you can do with it other than hero A beats up villain B. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go crying now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, touching though, seriously. Very well done. Very well told. Um, I, it, I think it is about time we can start wrapping things up because uh, I don't know how we follow that. Uh, John, uh, Thank you. We have discussed uh, quite a bit uh, of how comic books have affected us as readers and creators and how the creative process has affected us. And uh, as if you rewatch this, if you're not watching this live, 
uh, go ahead and comment if you have um, thoughts uh, on what we've said or if you have uh, ways that comic books have affected you, uh, please please share that because um, that that just keeps the, the comic book world um, together. We all have this, this, these mutual feelings about what comic books have done. And for someone that might be new, that's how you can introduce a comic book to somebody. You know, it's not just... Uh, it's not kid stuff, and some of it's silly, of course. We, and we've got age ranges of, of, of genres, but uh, it can go a lot deeper than that. Uh, John's whole story about uh, what a superhero can do for a person in a story, and then how that can be related to us. And real-world issues like addictions and uh, family problems and strife and, uh, and, and, and doing what's right not necessarily always fighting a supervillain, but doing the right thing treating others as equals uh, being kind being being a good person being helpful and looking out for others those are themes that have affected us and that have been uh seared into our um into our souls and we we they've they've affected how we live our lives and and how we interact with other people so uh Please comment and share with us how comic books have affected you. Um, one thing I um, I wanted to uh, two other two other things that that I, I stole I think from the the Forbes article I referenced earlier. Um, they talk about do what needs to be done, which is great. And if you're out there creating, and uh, whether it's a comic book or anything else, do what needs to be done. The, the, if there's if there's a a, a train careening towards a, a cliff the the superhero doesn't say i'll do my best to try to stop that or i'll do my best to save the world no do what needs to be done do the thing that needs to be done do the work and that one person this is a big thing a theme that's in comic books and uh, i wanted to wrap up with this one person can make a difference so um we're, we don't live in a real world of superheroes, but they are, they are a great inspiration uh, for us that one person can, can really make a difference. So um, tonight's been kind of a, uh, a, a big issues night. We haven't yucked it up a lot. It's not our normal uh, make fun of each other night, but it's been good. So thank you everyone for watching. Before we wrap up, I like everybody to, to give a quick um, plug for themselves. So we all are, are all creating. We're all out here. Uh, making a living. So um, if, if you're watching, uh, again, of course, um, we'd love if you could follow us, uh, like our work, share our work, uh, share Silverline with your friends. So um, I'll start with John. John is at the, my, my screen is swapped again. John, you're there. Go, go ahead. Tell us where to find you and your work and how to support you. Um, on Facebook, my name, John Medic, last name M-E-T-Y-C-H. Um, I'm probably the only one on there. I hope definitely the only one that's the third. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Beta 3 Comics, um, and you can find out all the goodness about Sniper and Rook and some of their allies and foes up on the web. Thank you, John. And you, Tommy Kablam, go for it. <laughs> uh, Thomas Floramonte Jr. on Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. You can also find out all my uh, my self-publishing stuff under the Inferno Studios line. That's a, it's an infernostudios.com. Um, the book that you guys are, the page that you see me inking here is going to be 
part of the Kickstarter for next uh, month. This is page. Uh, oops, something, something made a funny noise. Oh, see um, coming back just in time to say good night. All right, yeah, this is page fourteen. So you guys see that we're uh, well. It's a two-parter thing. So that means that the second part is this is part of the second part. So you guys are going fourteen. You're gonna do this next month. It's almost done. This is the pencil are kind of skipped around. So we're I'm trying to catch up on some of the the inner the pages that we missed. So the book is almost done. But this will be a uh, uh, this is part of the Trumps um, comic. So there you awesome. go. There's some kind of cool cool stuff. Uh, uh, Kablam for printing and Indie Planet for digital. For there's um, thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, of uh, great books up on IndiePlanet.com. Um, uh, go check that out. There's lots and stuff. And there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, free digital downloads on there yes. too. If anybody yes. wants to go up there and just see, uh, yeah, a lot of my books are up there. I just put up there for just people to go grab a lot of my, when I do my own personal stuff, it's more of a cartoony kind of uh, uh, manga e manga, whatever you guys want to yep. pronounce it. Jimmy little two head high, little cartoony guys. I really like to draw cartoony stuff when I do my own stuff. So um, there you go. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy. Yep. See, yep, uh, yep. Michael Landing, we are wrapping up. Can you hear me? You're making gestures. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, so. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> was it, that just wasn't me. <laughs> My name is C. Michael Lanning, and I just want to tell you, you can find me on Facebook. And, um, and uh, I was supposed to put my hand. You saw me talking that's right. Okay. I, I also I keep losing audio. I don't know what okay. it is. Before it, it is. cuts out again. Tell uh, us. Tell the, the weather. The weather. No, I, I, I seems like way. he was doing a good job. I hate to interrupt. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, is it my turn? Uh, yeah, go ahead. How, how can how uh, can the, the, our viewers support you? Uh, uh, you can find me on Facebook at artist C Michael Landing. I have a Twitter. It's uh, C Michael Landing. Drop the G, added two. Don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> plus, I got some other stuff that's in the works to be coming up with soon. I'll let y'all know about that. So. All right. Thank you, sir. And Tim TK, go for it. Uh, I am Tim TK. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Liker at Tim TK Writer. I am on TikTok at Tim Doesn't TikTok, where I my niche is somewhere between powerlifting and writing advice. So. If you want to learn what Chekhov's gun is or how to improve your bench, I'm there. Uh, I'm also on uh, on Twitch at AgroBacon, where I'll be live later tonight playing Destiny 2. Very nice. And I am Scott Wakefield, co-writer and co-creator of Steam Patriots. That's the current project uh, right now in the works, being colored by Dan Hosick, who is, he is, what is file 13 on Facebook? I think his website needs to be updated so he doesn't like people being pointed there. What is mm -hmm. file 13? That's Dan, the color and letterer. Uh, my buddy Rory Boyle, I'll give a shout out. He, uh, he'll be here he, next like, week. He, he will be, hopefully both of them. And they, Rory flies under the radar. He's a Luddite. So uh, thanks, John. That's, I like that thumbs up there. How did, how did you do that? <laughs> if, you, if you go down to the bottom of the screen. Um, Reactions? It yeah. pops up with reactions. Yeah, you can oh, yeah. wave and you can thumbs up. 
job guys and so at steam patriots on facebook and instagram and uh i'm if you like to connect professionally on linkedin scott wakefield scott m i believe my middle initial is there as in michael scott michael wakefield um and of course the plug for silverline we are silverline comics silverlinecomics.com we have crowdfunding campaigns coming up share our links share these videos and as always make mine silverline thank you for listening to the silverline podcast i hope you enjoyed the episode we know we ramble sometimes but we have fun and after all isn't that what comics are all about we hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.